you've survived another week. Thank you for listening, downloading, and subscribing to the Urban Shooter Podcast. This week, how to untangle your Christmas lights. Barbara's back. A visit to the range. Cigar of the week. Hogger watches. And why are black people so anti-gun? All this and more coming up next on the 302nd episode of your favorite righteous podcast, The Urban Shooter. I'm not in business for love, you know. I was in love once and I got the business. But that's another story and a very unpleasant one, too. Like a sweet morning dew, I took one look at you, and it was plain to see you were my destiny. With my arms open wide, I threw away my pride. I'll sacrifice for you and dedicate my life to you. I will go where you leave, always there in time of need. And when I lose my will, you'll be there to push me up the hill. There's no, no looking back for us. We've got love shown up, that's enough. You're all, you're all I need to get by. Well, I thought my razor was dull until I heard his speech. And that reminds me of a story that's so dirty I'm ashamed to think of it myself. Like an eagle protects his nest, for you I'll do my best. Stand by you like a tree, and anybody to try, move me. Darling, in you I found. Strength where I was tore down Don't know what's in store But together we can open any door Blanchard Media Group presents The Urban Shooter Podcast The pro-gun variety show featuring the black man with a gun Reverend Ken Blanchard The show is sponsored by CrossbreedHolsters.com Nova Armament Gun Shop And BuyerBarrels.com Don't look now there's one man too many in this room, and I think it's you. Do you have any weapons, any guns? The best, but we won't need them. I'm glad to hear it. I want one anyway. I dedicate to you episode 302. Urban Shooter Podcast. If this is your first time listening, thank you for downloading, listening, and subscribing to one of the most popular podcasts about guns on the web. I am Reverend Ken Blanchard. I've been doing this since 2007, and this is my fifth season, fifth year, and I am so proud to have you in my life, have you listening. If you want to contact me, my toll-free number is 888-675-0202. You can leave a voice message and I'll get to it or you can give me a suggestion for a future show or you can just say hi. Let me know that you heard this show. I really appreciate the audio too. And if there's something that I can use on the show, just let me know. I'll clip it and cut it and save it. You can also email me 24 hours a day at blackmanwithagun at gmail.com Yep. Just like that. 
What's going on with you? Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to you. 2013. Hey, did you watch the ball drop at Times Square on television? Didn't that show suck? Or was it just me? What's going on? Everything's a downer, man. But that's okay. There's a new year, new opportunities. We got some battles to fight. We're going to rally the troops. We're going to have a good time doing it. I'm looking forward to seeing a few of you at SHOT Show. And uh, I'm just be walking around chilling. I don't think I'm going to be doing too much of anything, actually. Um, So there's a party going on or there's an event, something special. Hit me up. Send me that email. And I will find you and miss the crowd. You know, I used to play John Wayne for our Pledge of Allegiance. How about this time? We bring in Red Skelton, who kind of gives us a background of the whole deal. It's a new year. Maybe you haven't heard it yet. Getting back to school, getting back to school. I remember a teacher that I had. Now, I only, I went, I went through the seventh grade. I went to the seventh grade. I left home when I was 10 years old because I was hungry. And I used to, this this is true. I work in the summer, I go to school in the winter. But I had this one teacher. He was the principal of the Harrison School in Vincennes, Indiana. To me, this was the greatest teacher, a real sage of, of my time, anyhow. He had such wisdom. And we were all reciting the Pledge of Allegiance one day. And he walked over, this little old teacher, Mr. Laswell was his name. Mr. Laswell. And he says, uh, he says, I've been listening to you boys and girls recite the Pledge of Allegiance all semester. And it seems as though it's becoming monotonous to you. If I may... May I recite it and try to explain to you the meaning of each word? I, me, an individual, a committee of one, pledge, dedicate all of my worldly goods to give without self-pity, allegiance, my love and my devotion to the flag our standard, O glory, a symbol of freedom. Wherever she waves, there's respect, because your loyalty has given her a dignity that shouts freedom is everybody's job. United. That means that we have all come together. States. Individual communities that have united into 48 great states. 48 individual communities with pride and dignity and purpose. All divided with imaginary boundaries, yet united to a common purpose. And that's love for country. And to the Republic. Republic. A state in which sovereign power is invested in representatives chosen by the people to govern. And government is the people. And it's from the people to the leaders, not from the leaders to the people, for which it stands. One nation, one nation, meaning so blessed by God, indivisible, incapable of being divided, with liberty, which is freedom, the right of power to live one's own life, 
without threats, fear, or some sort of retaliation. And justice, the principle or qualities of dealing fairly with others. For all. For all. Which means, boys and girls, it's as much your country as it is mine. And now, boys and girls, let me hear you recite the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Since I was a small boy, two states have been added to our country and two words have been added to the Pledge of Allegiance under God. Wouldn't it be a pity if someone said that is a prayer and that would be eliminated from schools too? All right, what a week, what a week. Hopefully you got all your relatives out of your house and your house coming back to normal. I got a chance to go to a range uh, this week, a new range down in Waldorf, Maryland called Fred Sports. used to be Fred Sports and Furniture, but they've taken out their warehouse and the butt ugly piney wood knotted furniture they used to sell and put in a really nice range with cool, up-to-date, modern um, controls and the folks are really nice in there. If you go... It's off of 301, like you're heading toward Brandywine. So on the right-hand side, leaving the district. And you'll see a whole bunch of like, it's like plastic mousse and a whole bunch of weird, like they do taxidermy there too, too, I believe. And it's a big hunting spot. Got an archery and I buy all my fishing gear from the place. But now they got a range. They got rid of the country and western stuff, got rid of the furniture. And now the range is there and it's uber nice. So go check it out. Go bust some caps in there. Um, know that it's a brand new range, so they're going to be a little strict on you. But make sure you tell them that Ken, your friend and brother for another mother, sent you there, that you heard about it from me. And I'm hoping that we can cause enough buzz to go, hey, somebody else mentioned that they listened to this show. So if you buy a gun from there, they got a nice assortment. I'm just going to buy me a Glock, I think. Uh, ask for Rob at the counter. Ask for uh, Chuck if you're at the range part. And you might even see the owner tell, tell Joe that Ken, your friend and brother from another mother, recommended this place. Maybe we can cause a buzz, cause a stir, and make Joe call me back and say, hey, man, I heard a whole bunch of folks that listen to your show come in here. And that would just make my day. In the next couple of days, if not sooner, you might have already got it by the time you hear this. If you subscribe to my email list, I'm going to send out a template for you to write your congressman. Just trying to help. My list is growing. I got a couple of good hundred friends on here. And if you haven't already done it, just kind of tweak it a little bit, cut out some stuff, put your name in, your job, you know, the stuff that you want to make it personal. Print it, sign it, mail it to that joker, and let's try to make a stir. Let folks know that we care. It's really important that you do that. So check out your email. Look out for an email about mailing your congressman coming from me. 
2012 is gone. It's 2013. Got to get a little aggressive on all the anti-rights people we got out there in the world. What's new for 2013? I just found a television studio that uh, I'm going to talk to in a couple of days. And I'm going to try to record some video professionally. So it'd be like a new show. More like a vlog, I guess. And I'm trying to work it until I can get it up to a half hour. It might just be five minutes for a while. Five minutes, ten minutes here and there. We'll see how much how much it costs me and all that. But look for that definitely at the end of the year, if not sooner. It's going to take me a while to get into the mix and find the money, and we'll see what happens. My dream, though, is to, by 2014, put this bad boy like on a sportsman's channel or outdoor TV or NBC Sports. Now, wouldn't that be cooler than a mug? Yeah, it would. Yeah, so send in good thoughts to me, pray with me, support me, bless this endeavor, and uh, let's try to get her done. Hey, did you hear about the one about Becky? Becky is on her deathbed with her husband, John, maintaining a steady vigil by her side. As he holds her fragile hand, his warm tears run silently down his face, splashing onto her face and waking him from her slumber. She looks up and her pale lips begin to move slightly. My darling John, she whispers, Hush, my love, he says. Go back to sleep. Shh, don't talk. But she is insistent. John, she says in her tired voice, I have to talk. I have something I must confess to you. There's nothing to confess, replies the weeping John. It's all right, baby. Everything's all right. Go to sleep now. No, no, I must die in peace, John. She says, I, I slept with your brother, your best friend, and your father. John musters a pained smile and strokes her hand. Hush now, Becky. Don't torment yourself. I know all about it. Why do you think I poisoned you? Guns, comedy, inspiration, entertainment, education, Americana. The Urban Shooter Podcast with Pastor Ken Blanchard. Follow him on Twitter at K-E-N-N-B-L-A-N-C-H-A-R-D. Thank you, gravelly voice dude. Christmas time. Yeah, we did, We decided to not give a whole bunch of gifts and uh, take a vacation and leave the area. So a wife booked us a trip to an all-exclusive resort right next door to Paradise Island, a little hotel called uh, the Rio Hotel, R-I-U Hotel. It was kind of cool. It was like being on a cruise ship without going anywhere. Had everything. Food was served all the time. Had a bar right in the lobby. Um, There was a whole bunch of folks just hanging around, and my son was having a good time eyeballing people. The beach was nice. I got a chance, me and him, to ride um, on jet skis. It was his first time. And uh, it was kind of cool out there, though. It was about 75, 78 degrees. It wasn't as, the water was not warm at all, but uh, still crystal clear Bahamas. It was kind of nice. 
I remember this one lady that was sitting next to us at breakfast. And uh, I told my son, I said, wow, she's nice looking, huh? Where do you think she's from? He said, pretty land. I thought, wow, my dude got some, he got words. <laughs> and then um, I couldn't tell what nationality it was. And I think, what do you think she's, he says, just fine. It's just neat, you know, watching my little guy go from a baby to now he's 21. So it's just nice hanging out with your offspring, watching him grow into be a, a good man. And then when we got back the next day, my uh, brother and dad came up. Dad was fighting the flu or something, but surprise visit. First time they've been here in a long time. First time for my brother. Yeah, it was really cool. And then New Year's Day, I actually went on a polar bear ride with uh, the Buffalo Soldiers Motorcycle Club of Maryland. Went to breakfast with those guys. Pretty cool. That was my weekend. That was the uh, that was a holiday for me. The Bahamas, relatives, rode my bike on a cold January one day. But I still need you. All I need is you. Make sure you stick around. Make sure you become um, Urban Shooter subscriber. Log on to Stitcher Radio and give me a plus on a thumbs up or a positive review on iTunes. Feel free to share the link amongst people in your Google Plus. Um, this thing wouldn't get around if nobody would share it. I appreciate you so much for doing that. Like I said earlier, this show is sponsored by CrossbreedHolsters.com, Buyer Barrels, and Nova Armament Gun Shop. Please check out the links on the website and on the show notes for episode number 302. If you're looking for ammo and don't want to go anywhere, go to uh, LuckyGunner.com. If you go to the website on KenBlanchard.com or BlackMailTheGun.com, there is a link for Lucky Gunner. We start from there. I'll get like a percentage. Really sm small percentage, but still helps a brother out. So if you need some ammo, go to the site, click on LuckyGunner.com's link little picture and buy your ammo from there and get it delivered right to your door and you help us both out next up barbara from women's outdoor news.com hello barbara hey urban shooter i'm going to talk about a gun that no one is trying to take away from anyone right now in fact this one is similar to what our ancestors used in the revolutionary war it ain't a musket but it's a lot like it a few years ago, as I revealed to Ken in an interview regarding why I hunt, I talked about how I believe that we as humans are wired to be hunters or gatherers. I found out that I am genetically wired to hunt a few years ago on a doe hunt in northwest Missouri. My husband and sons always had been the family's hunters, and when the boys grew up and left home, well, the thought of hunting intrigued me. Also, my daughter left home, and so I didn't have a mall companion any longer. So I started hunting. That first hunt, when I shot a big, fat, cow-sized doe and she basically dropped, I knew that it was the right thing to do, and I also knew that I would have a year's worth of organic venison, one of the finest red meats, in my freezer. So, fast forward, many more deer hunts, and now adding the bow to my lineup of choices. And then this year, a muzzleloader. That black powder gun, you know, where I have to add pellets of 
250 grain hollow point bullet in the primer, cock the hammer back, and take that ethical and humane shot? Well, it's because I'd rather eat deer tacos from a deer that I know roamed the fields, ate acorns and berries and greens from around here, than a steer that I've seen standing in its own muck over in the stockyards of Kansas City. I hunted this year with a Thompson Center Triumph. It shoots a 50 caliber round. I cannot even describe how primal it is to load and tamp down the powder pellets, then load the bullet, tamp that down, then load the primer. And the smell? You know, if you like that acrid sulfuric smell that you get when you shoot a gun, you'll love this smell. So the hunt went like this. My son-in-law, who is a Marine, and I went on a spot and stock, and frankly, we went all Natty Bumpo style. You know, James Fenimore Cooper's Natty Bumpo from Leather Stocking Tales, where we crawled and we walked logs to get closer to deer so they couldn't hear us, and we finally spotted one ambling across the meadow while we were a couple hundred yards away in the timbers. So we crept down the hillside real low. We went through thickets, and you know, I was thankful for my cap, or else I feel like I'd been scalped. We arrived at the edge of the thicket. The deer stopped, munching away. My son-in-law asked if I could take that shot. I nodded yes, and he knelt down in front of me and plugged his ears. I lifted that gun to my shoulder. I took a look through my new loophole ultimate slam scope, designed expressly for muzzleloader action, and took a shot. Boom. Down she went. I started to reload because I knew that if I needed to put her down with another shot, it would have to be quick. And my son-in-law whispered, there's another one. I looked through my scope again, and I saw it. It moved past the downed deer. I had another tag, and, you know, we would eat, and we would share this meat with family members. So I took another shot, offhand at 100 yards, just like the other one, except a little more to the right. And this one took off for about 25 yards, and then she went down. Boom. And then I went all pioneer woman. My son-in-law showed me how he field dresses deer, which is different than how my husband field dresses deer, and so I field dressed one of them. He skinned and quartered one, and I skinned and quartered one. Is it gross? Absolutely not, because here's how I feel about it. I do not feel pity for those deer, and by the way, they were button box, not does. I feel respect. I am thankful that I live in a country where I can feed my family fine venison like the kings and other royalty eat in Europe. I am happy to cull a herd of deer on my property so that other deer will thrive. So if you ever get the opportunity to shoot a muzzleloader, you might want to try it. It might awaken some primal instincts in you and make you feel even more alive again. And you may read about women who are just out there hunting, shooting, exploring, climbing, fishing, and living life to its fullest outdoors at womensoutdoornews.com. Thank you, Ken. Hey, you're welcome. And thank you for the suggestion to get my big behind outside when I was feeling down. Appreciate that, sis. You know, there's actually a way to untangle Christmas tree lights more efficiently. Yeah. Say you've been cooped up with a whole bunch of your cousins and your brothers and sisters and family members. It's making you nuts. And now holidays are over. You might want to go outside and blow off some steam in a healthy way. You know, both Old fish and relatives start to stink after three days. Either way, you got to get them out your house. So go on outside and unplug all your connected strands of lights. That's what you got to do. Number one, that's the first thing to do to start to untangle all those Christmas tree lights. Now, unplug all the strands so your tangle is one containing several knotted sections, not one long knotted strand. 
The shorter the strands, the less complex the knots. Second, find a free end. Third, as best you can, loosen all the knots. When the knots are all loose, create a hole through the tangle where the free end leaves the mass. Number four, roll or wind the free end through the, each knot in the, in the tangle. Treat the strands gently to avoid breaking the bulbs. I know you're pissed off. Relax. Take in some cool air. Number five, untie each successive knot. Keep the free end rolled to make it easier to work with and reduce the amount of cord to pull through. Number six, and you can just keep doing this until uh, you get it all done. Keep the free end under control. Don't lose that joker in the mix. Never pull on the free end. Pulling will tighten the tangle. The knot free section should continue to get longer. You just got to keep on repeating as necessary. You got it? So first you started off, you unplugged everything. Bless you. As my dog sneezes into the microphone. Loosen all the knots. Roll or wind the free end through each knot in the tangle. Untie each successive knot and keep that free end under control. You know what? I think you just sneezed over my sh- Oh, yeah. I got the sneeze on me. Well, now you know how to untangle some Christmas tree lights. Let me go defile myself. Crazy dog. You know, dog owners, we let our dogs get away with some stuff, don't we? We do. All in the name of love. I got a uh, a Doberman who is a, he's a love dog. Spoiled rotten. Say something, Ginger. Say something. You want to speak? All right. Poor training on my part. I got to get you so you can talk on the microphone on command. Go ahead. Say something. Speak, no, no, not a, not a high five. Speak, speak. No, not that either. You got a little repertoire of tricks. How about speaking? You gonna do something? Keep looking. Go ahead. Speak, speak, boy. speak. Come on, give me something. Give me a syllable. You got nothing? You're silent but deadly, though. Yeah, I know. High five again. All right. I got you. Hey, early last season, I advertised for a watch called Hager Watches or Hogger Watches. It's from a friend of mine, actually. He was doing the impossible. He's trying to be an American watch manufacturing company in this day and age. I mean, he's like a watch guy. I mean, he loves watches. And he decided to make something like really, really cool that wasn't foreign and still had the same smoothness. And, you know, if you're into watches, you know about movements and quartz and crystals and all that good stuff. Well, I got one of his watches, one of the Hogger watches, one of the first ones that came out. But dude is like up in his game and he's going hardcore. See, right now, the Swiss kind of have like 99% of the market. Well, my man 
has just as cool watches. They've been around since 2009, and he's trying to make an affordable automatic watch at the highest quality. If you want to support something, my man's having one of those crowdfunder um, accounts, crowdfunder.com. His campaign is number 114. There's going to be a link for it on episode number 302. I want you to check it out. His, his pitch is to revive American watch manufacturing by mass producing luxury watches and in-house movements with realistic prices, which will allow us to compete on the global market and create American manufacturing jobs. Now, he has like his first one, the Commando, is a cool watch all by itself. Real rugged. Um, I wear it all the time. But he's, he's upped it. Now he has the Hogger Professional. It's a 42 millimeter Commando. It's a diver's watch. He has this Stealth Professional. It's uh has a black DLC case, which um, doesn't reflect if you're out in, a, out in the bush. It's, and he's got high speed, so it's getting like even heavier after that. And that DLC is a diamond-like carbon. He got a Skymaster chronograph. It just hit like 1250. And I think this guy's top of the line is the Hogger Skymaster Stealth Chronograph, 1400 bucks. It's pretty sharp, actually. All his, all his stuff is limited edition. So if you get it, you'll be like only 25 people on the planet with it. Now, how cool is that? Now, I know watches isn't for everybody. Because some people think, ah, all I need is a Timex. And that's, it's not for you. But if you're into watches, you want some quality stuff, you want stuff that nobody else has, help my man out here. Crowdfunder.com. His campaign number is 114. And there'll be a link to it on episode number 302. Check him out. Support the brother, even if you're not going to buy a watch. See if you can help him out. He's only got this for about 40 days, maybe a little less by the time you hear this. But check it out. Hogger Watches. The guy's out of Hagerstown. He's, the name Hogger is actually from Hagerstown, Maryland. It's kind of like give back to the city, give back to the town. I'm telling you, Maryland, man, good stuff. American product. Help a brother out. From the WashingtonTimes.com blog, Guns, 29 December 2012. President Obama wants more gun control laws, but perhaps he should care more about enforcing the ones already on the books. He granted an exclusive interview to NBC's David Gregory on Saturday, even though the Meet the Press anchor is under investigation by the Metropolitan Police Department for possession of an unregistered high-capacity magazine in the district. It is also unclear how Mr. Gregory passed the Secret Service background check to enter the White House while under criminal investigation. Last Sunday, Mr. Gregory held up the illegal magazine on the set of his show in the Network's Bureau on Nebraska Avenue as a publicity stunt while interviewing the National Rifle Association's Wayne LaPierre. Mr. Gregory held up one rifle magazine he said held 30 bullets and one that he said carried five bullets or 10 bullets. A week later, 
there has been no warrant issued for his arrest for violating D.C.'s law that says no person in the district shall possess, sell, or transfer any large-capacity ammunition feeding device regardless of whether the device is attached to a firearm. Yeah, we got that rule here. The term large-capacity ammunition feeding device means a magazine, a belt, a drum, a feed strip, or similar device that has a capacity or of that can be readily restored or converted to accept more than 10 rounds of ammunition. A spokesman for Police Chief Kathy L. Lanier told Emily Miller Friday that the investigation was still ongoing. A spokesman for NBC would not say whether the police have interviewed Mr. Gregory yet. If this were anyone else, law enforcement sources say that Mr. Gregory would have been arrested and booked on charges that come with a maximum penalty of one year in jail and a $1,000 fine. Chief Lanier is struck between a rock and a hard place. If she does not charge Mr. Gregory with a felony, she sends a message to the crime-ridden city that the laws don't apply to the rich, the rich and powerful. However, if she books him on breaking the city's onerous firearms law, it will further illuminate how ridiculous the laws are for law-abiding people to follow. Just two weeks ago, the district city council conceded that it had to do something about the string of embarrassing stories of war vets being thrown in jail for inadvertently breaking the laws. And you can check the website for Specialist Adam Meckler or the case for Lieutenant Augustine Kim. Under direction of City Councilman Chairman Phil Mendelson, the new law allows prosecutors to offer civil disposition instead of criminal charges for those who unknowingly violate the city's unique gun laws. This would prevent decent people from being thrown in jail and having a criminal record. In determining whether or not to press forward with criminal charges, the new law says that prosecutors can take into account, quote, whether at the time of his or her arrest, the person was a resident of the District of Columbia and whether the person had knowledge of, end quotes, the firearms laws. Mr. Gregory is a D.C. resident and clearly had knowledge of this law since NBC asked MPD in advance for permission to violate the law and was refused. Mayor Vincent Gray has not yet signed the new law, so it will not help the NBC anchor avoid criminal prosecution should Chief Lanier move forward. Some say this was a minor infraction and not worth enforcing it. The argument defending Gregory that don't the police have something better to do, in quotes, said the head of the NPD police union. Christopher Ballman explained to Emily Miller. The answer is yes. Yes, we do. And thank you for making it more difficult to get to those things. If Mr. Gregory had honestly not known about the ban on possessing a magazine over 10 rounds, perhaps the public would have, have some sympathy for the situation. However, NBC asked police in advance to, for permission to break the statute and was refused preferential treatment. No one is above the law. And this, you can read for your very own self, is on Emily Miller's blog page at the Washington Times. Her series, Emily Gets Her Gun, actually won the uh, 2012 Clark Mullenhoff Award for Investigative Reporting from the Institute on Political Journalism. And you can follow her on Twitter and Facebook. She is a friend. 
of the Urban Shooter Podcast. Hey, if you're from California, you probably already know all about Diane Goldman Berman Feinstein, the senior United States senator from your state. But for the rest of us, do you know she's been serving since uh, 1992 and back in 95? She said this about her concealed carry permit. You wouldn't even know it's the same woman who's trying to confiscate your rifle right now. Check this out. Personal anecdote about terrorism, because less than 20 years ago, I was the target of a terrorist group. It was the New World Liberation Front. They blew up um, power stations and put a bomb at my home when my husband was dying of cancer. And the bomb was set to detonate around 2 o'clock in the morning, but it was a construction explosive that doesn't detonate when it drops below freezing. It doesn't usually freeze in San Francisco, but on this night it dropped below freezing and the bomb didn't detonate. I was very lucky, but I thought of what might have happened. Later, the same group shot out all the windows of my home, and I know the sense of helplessness that people feel. I know the urge to arm yourself because that's what I did. I was trained in firearms. I'd walk to the hospital when my husband was sick. I carried a concealed weapon. I made the determination that if somebody was going to try to take me out, I was going to take them with me. Now having said all of that, that was a period of time ago. And I've watched for these 20 years as terrorism has increased, both on the far extremist left and the far extremist right in this country. All right, that's the end of that clip. But what has changed? Nothing. Except for now the 79-year-old wants to ban all firearms and take yours away from you. She has security. Capitol Hill Police. And probably still has her concealed carry permit. But you can't have yours. Smoke them if you got them. Cigar of the week. All right. I know everybody doesn't dig cigars. Actually... My wife is starting to like it less because I've been puffing like one steadily for about, I don't know, last six months. Almost every week I got a different one. And she's like, you know what? Them things stink. So I might have to lay low for a minute. Because the last one that she thought stunk the real the worst, I thought was pretty cool. It was a um, Rocky Patel Freedom that a brother gave me as a gift. Actually, I like it. It was a nice, smooth, Maduro cigar. But that's not what I'm reviewing the week. This week, I want to talk about something that's only you can only find in the Bahamas. Mm-hmm. While I was vacationing over the Christmas break. Yeah, I was balling. In the Atlantis Resort, there's a little cigar shop there right at the door. Called the Havana Humidor. And their house brand is called the Havana Humidor. They only make two brands. They have a red label and a silver label. And the red one is the more mild 
and the silver is the full body. I got a chance actually to watch a guy who's been 30 years rolling for them. They stole him from Cuba, and I got a little video of the brother rolling a couple of them as he's smoking. The leaves are all Nicaraguan, and uh, it's a nice smooth. It's a mellow smoke. It's kind of cool. They're going to try to stay hand-rolled, and they're looking for uh, distributors in the U.S. They haven't made it, figured out a way to get them from Bahamas to the U.S. without being, like, super, super expensive. There's, like, a million taxes and stuff. They got a website, but the site's kind of kind of lame at the moment. HavanaHumidor.net. Check that out. And if you want to see the guy who's rolling them, again, There'll be a link to it on 302. I'd say this is um this is like premium cigar without the bite, without the punch. It's hand rolled, it's special, um, it's mild. If you get a chance to to check one out, you want to have a premium gift instead of giving somebody a Cuban, give them one of these. Yep. I bought a box of five for 65 bucks. The Havana Humidor. I'd give it about a 90 if I was a cigar aficionado. And if you are funking up the house, I suggest you start smoking outside. That wasn't my case. It's just, uh, what happened anyway? How did she say that? Oh, I was smoking outside in the backyard this time. And playing with the dog, forgot I had it in my hand came inside the, in the basement for a hot second, so the smoke came in the house. That's how come it stink. But I fixed that. Keep my big behind outside, and everything will be copacetic. Make sure you, you work it out, whatever it works in your house, too. Don't be breaking the rule. For the past couple of weeks, Pro-rights advocates have been up against a lot. We've been fighting the media, fighting each other, fighting stupidity, fear. Folks are just cranky and tired. I want to give a quick shout out and some thumbs up to New Jersey Second Amendment Society. Frank is battling up there to... All my brothers and sisters of New Jersey, of the state of Illinois, you guys dodged a bullet. Chicago was going crazy on you guys. Your legislation in Springfield is just acting a fool. And then in California, good Lord, it seems like this stuff never will stop. But my hat's off to all you guys who are keeping awake and ladies who are working it. Big thanks to those who actually already moved and sent letters to their congresspeople. Here go a couple right here. I said, as soon as you do, give me a call and I'll play your response. So here's two strong brothers right off the bat. Hey, brother, this is Ralph. I wrote to my congressman, actually congresswoman, and I will play the response on the show. Thank you. Bye. Thank you, Ralph. Pastor Ken, this is Ed Crumley. I wrote to my congressperson. Shalom, baby. Shalom back to you, brother. Thank you, man. 
somebody asked me, they said, man, you you talk all around gun rights and you never really say why black people are so anti-gun. Well, there's no one reason, but I can give you a couple. We have gun control today because of fear and ignorance. Gun control is not effective in stopping crime, violence against children, or terrorism. You heard me talk about how it's based on racist roots. Gun control was first created to keep African slaves, the Chinese and Native Americans, from fighting back against being enslaved. Against a very colonist that formed this country here in North America. Every government has used it in some form to control its people. It allows the elite or the royal class the only privilege to own firearms or steal for weapons. That's normal anthropology. That's world history. What made us different is that the United States broke ranks and created a framework, a republic, that said we could have free speech, free press, freedom to worship who we wanted to worship, freedom to assemble peaceably, and the right to keep and bear arms. No other nation can boast that. But we, as a nation, have people from the old world as well. Descendants from other nations that have kings and monarchs, shoguns, dictators, rulers that don't agree and change or want to change our way of life. As soon as they become rich and powerful or want to be kings and queens themselves, on a constant basis. Every day you get up, there's somebody trying to steal your rights. And they are successful because they use people that are afraid. People suffering from society and and ignorant of firearms. And that's why black people as a whole appear to be anti-gun. But there's more to it than that. Fear and ignorance. Since 1633, the law was against a person of color that wanted to own a firearm. You know, slaves can't own guns. It was a death sentence. Throughout American history, gun laws have made it impossible to legally own, collect, shoot, or protect yourself if you are of African ancestry. As we black people left the plantation, the fields, and the big houses for the higher pay and opportunity of the city, We lost a little bit of ourselves in the process. Gun laws increase in the cities where there are a lot of black people. Generations were born just trying to get along and stay out of trouble. We were conditioned to regard guns as trouble. Even with that, there were no hunters, target shooting, collectors in the city. Just criminals and unsophisticated country bumpkins that reminded us of plantations, tenant farming, and sharecropping. Yeah, our country cousins had guns, but they weren't cool. And we wanted nothing to do with that. We were conditioned. Generations grew up not knowing their history. We were just trying to get along. We were trying to get recognized as human. We wanted to vote, serve our country, and go to school. We wanted equality. And we wanted to stay out of trouble. We took on the mantra of our oppressors. We got a version of the Stockholm Syndrome. We blamed the gun. Because we just wanted to stay out of trouble. As we integrated, there were conflicts at home. 
black soldiers and law enforcement came home with their guns and knowledge. And Big Mama said, don't bring that gun in my house. She didn't want any trouble. The lack of education, the ignorance of not securing the firearms that we had to sneak into Big Mama's house resulted in the ones that are found by our children and our teens, used accidentally, causing more pain and loss of life. Ignorance. These unsecured firearms made their way to the streets and perpetuate a cycle of men looking for liberation by any means necessary. With a lack of hope, misinformation, fear, drugs, alcohol, desperation, poverty, bam, there you go. When a single mother loses a child to the drug trade, Ray Ray and Junebug had guns because of their street corner pharmacy gig. It's an easy scapegoat. Well, they were good kids before they had those guns. Or were they? You can't explain, debate, or reason with a mother, a brother, a sister that has lost a loved one to the streets. But you got to blame somebody. Let's blame the white man. Let's blame the NRA. Let's, let's blame the gun. Yeah, let's pick on the NRA. There are no black people in the NRA, is there? And if they were, they must be Uncle Tom's because they don't represent us. But we got conflicts with skin color. Conflicts with economics, the justice system, education. And in between all that are the people that exploit us, use the tears of our mothers, spout hate speech to fund their organizations, get on TV, start their protests. Right here in River City, we got trouble with a capital T. So that's why things are like they are. And then I had the nerve to pop up on the scene. Somebody that takes the time to let folks vent, learn, discuss, and let out their emotions on me. You have no idea how much trouble I get into that I don't share. Jesse Jackson, Al Sharpton, senators, representatives, mayors, community leaders, reporters know all about me. But they don't call me. Don't talk to me. I'm not easy to typecast. I'm a moving target. You know, I hang out with all kinds of folks, bikers, JLBT folks, libs, dems, republicans, independents, tea party folks, church folks, atheists, smokers, non-smokers, non-English speakers. I hang out with Americans. Been doing it since 1991. Before Twitter and Facebook, YouTube and Squid Do, I've been here. I try to help connect with, help promote and encourage every black group, individual and woman based shooting outfit out here. Even in this world, I got opposition. Some black folks think I'm too soft, too passive, some too militant. Fear and ignorance. But I have learned to be comfortable in the skin that I'm in. I love America. All of it. Blues, rock, country, jazz, bluegrass, hip-hop, funk, reggae, and pop. You know, one day we will all be free. Out of the night that covers me, black as the pit from pole to pole, I thank my God for giving me the gift of my unconquerable soul. In the fell clutch of circumstance, I have not winced nor cried aloud. Under the bludgeonings of chance, my head is bloodied but unbowed. Beyond this place of wrath and tears looms but the horror of the shade.
and yet the menace of the years finds and shall find me unafraid. It matters not how straight the gate, how charged the punishments, the scroll. I am the master of my fate. I am the captain of my soul. All right, that means it's time for me to roll out of here. Thank you for joining me this week. I appreciate you. All the comments on Facebook. Thank you for leaving some breadcrumbs and commenting on blackmanthegun.com. Going to the SHOT Show in a couple weeks. That's the Shooting, Hunting, Outdoor Trade Show and Conference. It's the largest and most comprehensive trade show involving the shooting sports. And uh, it's out in Vegas this year again. And I'm going for the first part of that week. You know, last year, I didn't think I had succeeded in anything. And I kind of was bummed out. But around September, I decided to go ahead and fork out the tickets for the flight and everything and try to make it. And my whole purpose this time is hopefully to meet you and maybe make one good contact that could sponsor me for my big dream. I got a plan for a video or television show, actually. And we'll see how that goes. Check out gunrightsmagazine.com. It's a new open source gun rights blog. And I'm looking for writers. See, everybody doesn't want to take the time to put a blog together. But maybe you got enough in you that you want to say at least once a week or a couple times a month. And then if I got a couple of people that are like that, we have enough to keep the blog interesting. So gunrightsmagazine.com. Looking for writers looking for editors, looking for somebody actually who wants to kind of manage it for me. Freedomsnetwork.org, it's a forum. It's our mini social media site for all pro-gun bloggers and their fans. If you got a podcast and you want to add a little forum and a little love section for yourself there, got plenty of room. Just send me a note and I'll get you hooked up. It's all under the Blanchard Media Group. My big audacious hairy goals of just taking care of people. It's the mothership connection. Quick shout out to Greg Hopkins, the author of The Myth of Christian Pacifism in his new book, A Time to Kill. Got it in the mail. I'm going to check it out here shortly. You can find out about it at BibleSelfDefense.com. Thank you, Big G. And for everybody on Facebook, on Black Man with a Gun 1, on my Twitter page, and wherever you find me. Thank you for thinking of a brother. Feel free to share this in your world, with your circle, with your friends. It's always nice to get a new friend. Thank you for you guys who stepped up and already wrote to your congresspeople, too. Until next week, Hang in there. Got some post-holiday depression. Got crazy stuff with the fiscal cliff and all the anti-rights people. But we got to stick together, y'all. And don't forget the Blanchard Chapel. If you got a few shekels, you can help me. I'm trying to raise some money. There's a link to it on the site. I'm sure I'm forgetting somebody or something. And if so, please forgive me. Charge it to my head and not my heart. I love you. And it's not a damn thing you can do about it. Shalom, baby. 
this concludes another weekly edition of the Urban Shooter Podcast. Thanks for listening. And that's all I have to say about that.